Let's go, folks. Let's go shine. That's what we're going to talk about today. And while we are talking about let's go shine, you little kids can get going and follow Lauren right on out of here down the hall into uh, the children's church area for a lesson for you. So if you're visiting with us, feel free to take your child there. The rest of you, we're going to talk about what um, Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. And again, let's go shine is our theme for today. But before we get into the text, I want to talk about a couple of incidents uh, that happened just this past week that I believe enabled us to uh, to shine very brightly, a, a, a couple of incidents that I think that um, we really just uh, put our best foot forward and was a real testimony to some other people. Uh, this last Sunday, uh, when uh, the elders of this church uh, encouraged me to go to Brazil and cover for my brother Jeff and his church at Bee Ridge, I want you to know just how appreciative Bee Ridge Christian Church was to allow me uh, to go uh, at the drop of a hat and fill in for my brother who had a stroke. Um, it showed to them that the kingdom of God is more than just what we're doing within the four walls of this church. The kingdom of God is, is much, much uh, bigger than that. And uh, it, it's all about Christians just serving one another uh, the best that we can do. I appreciate Kendall as well stepping up in my absence. And you might notice he's not here today because he's in Brazil uh, covering for my brother at Bee Ridge Church uh, today. So that's, that was really letting our light shine. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I know the church appreciates it. Update on my brother Jeff. Uh, he, uh, he took 23 steps yesterday. Uh, so we praise the Lord for that. He's got a long way to go. Left arm still not working great. Uh, and uh, he's still not much to look at. Uh, but he never was. So that's, uh, that's all good. Um, but he appreciates your prayers. He feels them. Uh, second way that we have recently shown and will continue to shine is by the recent vote for our building expansion last week. It's so encouraging to me that the leadership... Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Uh, the leadership uh, reported that we received a 94% approval on the vote to expand Columbus Christian Schools building. Now, to get 94% of people in a church to agree on anything is a bit of a, a miracle. We could go outside and it could be pouring down rain right now and we wouldn't get 94% people to agree that it's raining. But that shows incredible unity and support and I'm so excited about the future of our school, the future of our church because we've uh, what we've done. Now a third way I didn't plan on talking about but it just came to me a little bit ago is the fact that uh, we, we shined last night at our pool party for our first responders. Now we went ahead and had the pool party yesterday and there were more lifeguards there than there were swimmers but we we just wanted to let our first responders we wanted our police to know we love them we're for them we wanted our fire department to know we're praying for you we're for you we wanted our ambulance workers drivers emts our sheriff's department we wanted them all to know uh, that we care about them so hopefully they felt that even though uh, a lot of people were not able to make it um, 
it was, it was a good night. So great job, ECCC, because here's the deal. And I think most of us know this. We live in a society where we need to let our light shine even more now than maybe we have um, in a long, long, long time. Because our values, they're being challenged every single day. Our standards are being challenged more and more every single day. And we really need to hone on on Paul, Paul's instructions uh, to the church uh, and, and there's some things I want to share with you today, three things that I believe are very much needed in this time in which we live. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5, or you can follow along on the screen. And uh, three things from verses 1 through 14 that I think speak to us on a very practical level about how we are to live as Christians, how we are to go shine in this world that, is, that, is, that just needs us to shine. Uh, so let's go, folks. Let's go shine. The first principle is this. And we need to understand that we do not set the standard for society God already has. I think what happens sometimes is we in the church, we have this tendency to dummy down our standards or we have a tendency to relax our standards to maybe get society to like us a little bit more or to accept us a little more. And we need to understand that we don't set the standard for society. God has already done that. And because God has already done that, we cannot allow ourselves to dip to the level that society says is acceptable. So read verse 1 with me. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus and he says, follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children. Follow God's example. Be imitators of God is what some translations say. And so in the midst of this cultural war, there's one basic question that I think all people need to wrestle with, that I think a lot of people are wrestling with in our society. This question is, is there a God in heaven to whom we are accountable, or are we free to establish our own standards of right and wrong? Because if we believe that there is a God in heaven, that, 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 that we are subject to His rule. He has created us and we are subject to His rule. If we believe that, then we need to see what His standards are. Because here's the deal. There are a lot of people in our society who believe that there is no absolute standard of truth that applies to, to everyone. So everybody's just free to choose to do whatever they want to do. Believe whatever they, they want to do. If you're into Jesus, that's fine. That's up to you. If it's Allah for you, then that's, that's your call. If it's no God at all, that's okay too. You know, Just do whatever you want to do because there's no absolute standard of truth. And, and this is the way of life. You know, this is, where we find ourselves today, this is no different than what was going on in the Roman Empire, right? Each culture kind of did their own thing. They kind of had their own standard of truth. You could worship your own God. But here's the deal. You worship whatever God you want to worship, but you have to worship Caesar as well. And, and you need to understand, the early Christians, they didn't get in trouble because... They worshiped Jesus. They got in trouble because Jesus was the only one that they worshiped. See, they refused to worship Jesus and Caesar. They'd have been fine if they would have said, yeah, Jesus is the one we want to follow, but while we're following Jesus, we're going to throw in a little worship Caesar as well. And Christians would have not gotten in trouble as much back in the day as they did if, if they would have just played that, that game. 
And see, I kind of see us doing the same, same thing. We kind of like, yeah, you know what? I want, I want God. I want a little bit. I want enough God to get me into heaven, but not enough God to change the way that I live. At least not, not enough God to, to get out there and really put myself out there and let my light shine. You know? It's no different. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. You remember in the book of Acts when Paul was talking to the church in Athens and he said, I see that you worship many gods, but I want to tell you about the one true God, the one who created all things. This God is above all man-made God. He's the God who will ultimately be your judge and He commands all people everywhere to repent. And as you can imagine, there were a lot of people who were listening to what he was saying. They scoffed at this idea. They laughed at him. They said there can't just be one universal standard of truth. That's what they said back in the day. And that's not all that different than the way it is today. Back then, Christianity was a new way of life that influenced the world. This, this God that Paul spoke of, it was the only God that was the God of the Jews and the God of the Gentiles. Right? And so this was a new concept back then. A few centuries later, the world was introduced to Islam and then Things like communism came and, and then the postmodern mindset told us that all of these ideas have failed and since all of these ideas have failed, we're going to free ourselves from all these oppressive rules and regulations. And this mindset has become very popular because it appeals to our flesh. It appeals to our pride. We don't want to be subject to any rules or regulations. We want to have the freedom to go and do whatever we want to do. Christianity is fine. If that works for you, that's great. But don't try to impose your standards on me. One culture is just as good as another. Do you see this playing out in our world? That's, that's what we're being taught. And so people are saying, listen, you know, don't be so arrogant that you think that your way of teaching is the only way. Don't think that you've cornered the market on the truth. You need to be tolerant of everyone's beliefs. And there's a growing number of people who say things like, I believe in Jesus, but I also think Muhammad was, was valid as well. You know? You might even look at what the Dalai Lama has to say because there's some good things that you can learn from them as well. And so today, spirituality has become kind of like an all-you-can-eat buffet. You know, just kind of try a little bit of everything. How many of you ever go to a buffet and it seems like you go to the buffet and I know we don't do that. You know, COVID's kind of shut a lot of that kind of stuff down. Doggone it. Um, but uh, how many of you have gone to a buffet and you think it's a good idea at the time and then as you're going through the line, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll take some of those mashed potatoes and I'll take this kind of meat. Oh, that kind of meat looks good too. Oh, a third kind of meat. That looks pretty good too. And then, oh wow, they've got like four or five different kinds of salads and, and sides. It, it, is that just me? Okay, all right, thank you. I feel like, thank you. I feel like I'm in a support group. I'm Ron, I'm a, I'm a buffet addict. Um, but, but in all seriousness, um, we do that, you know? And then when we get done, we're kind of like, I wish I hadn't done that. Has anybody been there? Okay? And so, what I have done many times in the past is wishing, why didn't I just order the steak off the grill? Because steak is what I really wanted, but yet I see all this and, you know, all that, and it, what seemed like a good idea at the time, I'm just filling myself with whatever I can get my hands on, and then I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely miserable because I've tried all of these different things, right? You want to get your money's worth, right? 
I gotta have dessert. If I don't get dessert, you know, I didn't get my money's worth. Well, a lot of people try a smorgasbord of ideas when it comes to their faith. But the reality is, when you try a bunch of different things, and you just try to fill yourself with all these different things, more than likely, you're going to find yourself pretty miserable. You know? Instead of me just getting the steak, which is really what I wanted, which is really what I probably needed at the time, right? Uh, I just try all these other different things. Well, people try that. Instead of understanding really what they need is Jesus, and hopefully they ultimately find that, they try all of these other things. You know, they might try Jesus and this and Jesus and that, and they miss out on the one thing that really would have satisfied them. Mm. And so sometimes people become miserable. The mindset is in place everywhere. Look around. Advertising. We talked about this a little bit. I talked with Larry Higgins a little bit after a Sunday school class this morning. Hey, come to Vegas. There's a different set of rules in Vegas. What happens in Vegas? You know, we shouldn't know that, but we do. Right? Bunch of pagans here. I thought we were... Well... There's a similar mindset in New Orleans. You know, people go down to Mardi Gras. They go to Florida for spring break. And you know, what's forbidden at home isn't necessarily forbidden someplace else. Or, you know, hey, you know what? Young people buy into this. It's prom night. People expect it. Or it's, it's the bachelor party. We can go ahead and do things that, you know, it's our last go-around, so let's go ahead and do some things we wouldn't normally do because there's a different set of rules. Entertainment industry, they're big promoters of this, right? It's amazing to me how movies that don't even crack the top 20 sometimes in the box office are winning Academy Awards, and then you look at what these movies are. Have you ever tried to watch an Academy Award winning movie, and then you're like, how in the world did this movie win an Academy Award? Award? And, and like there, there was one from several years ago, the, the name of the movie was called Crash, and it, it finished 49th place at the box office, but there were... They said the F word 99 times in the movie. And it won an Academy Award. And when the producer got up to accept the award and he gave his speech, this is what he said, Paul Hagemer, with which to shape it. There's no question that Hollywood is trying to shape our culture. Right? There's no question that Hollywood is trying to impose their morals or lack thereof on society. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. Romans 1.32, I love the way the message paraphrase says, they know perfectly well they're spitting in God's face and they don't care. What's worse is they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things. We see that happening. Steve Mansfield says the postmodern mindset has several common characteristics. Here they are if you're taking notes. The first is they're suspicious of structure. 
Right? Have you noticed this in the postmodern mindset, the world in which we live now? Big government, big corporations, big churches, organized religion. We automatically look at those things and we are under suspicion. And I'm not saying that's wrong, it's just the mindset, because I'm kind of leery of some of those things as well at times. You know, it's the mindset, we're just suspicious of structure. And, and we're suspicious of authority. And we see this playing out in our society as well. Suspicious of the police. Suspicious of the military. Suspicious of politicians. Well, that one's okay. Uh, but no, seriously, suspicious of community leaders. Suspicious of teachers. Right? Don't we see that? And then another characteristic is they're suspicious of tradition. Anything from the past is seen as an attempt to impose those rules on today. Well, I'm sure that probably one of the reasons why church attendance among young people has dropped so much is what is important to many of them is tolerance and freedom. And Paul, he comes to, the, to Ephesus and he's teaching that there's a God in heaven and he himself set the standard of truth and he said, you be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And this truth is universal. This truth is for everyone who walks the face of the earth. He's the God of every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And he has communicated his truth to us through his word, the Bible, and through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. And this truth is absolutely true. Uh, crucial because it determines the destiny of people's souls. And it's unchangeable. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so one of the decisions that we have to make every single day of our lives, who am I going to allow to set the standard for me? Am I going to live by my own set of rules? Am I going to cave to what society is saying? Or am I going to live by the set of standards that God has set in place for me? And the thing we need to understand about that is that the standard that God has set in place is very high. It's very high. You know what His standard is? Perfection. Perfection. Be imitators of God. God's perfect. Now with that said, let's look at some things that Paul is saying from his letter to the church at Ephesus. Not even a hint of sexual immorality, he says in that Ephesians 5, 1-14 through side. Not even a hint of it. Christians are to be so distinctive from the world that there is not to be even a hint, not any insinuation, not even any whisper of sexual immorality. Don't hint at that by provocative dress. Don't feel like you have to dress a certain way just to fit in. I feel so, so bad for the, the young girls of our society today that are just being pressured into feeling like they have to dress a certain way just to fit in. Guys, nah, they, they have to deal with some of that fashion stuff, but not the way that I think girls feel like they have to just so they can stand out. If you find yourself rushing out the door hoping that your parents don't see what you're wearing that day to school, you're probably not living up to the standard God wants you to live up to. Or maybe you find yourself altering your wardrobe a little bit after you get to school. Or adults in the workplace, don't even hint at sexual immorality by suggestive flirtation 
guard your body language, the way that you talk, the way that you walk, the way that you sit, the expression in your eyes. Don't hint by a slightly suggestive touch or a cute suggestive comment. Don't even hint by questionable associations or careless appearances. I have a policy as a minister, I've told you this before, I will not give the mem- a member of, of the opposite sex a ride in my car by myself because I don't ever want anyone to accuse me of wrongdoing. If I have to meet with someone in the opposite sex at church, I make sure that someone is here close uh, that can witness what we're doing. Now, Mike Pence, when he was vice president, caught a lot of grief for this, but I'm, I'm with Mike on this one for sure. We have to not even give a, a hint of it. It wasn't all that long ago. Uh, Lauren and I were asked to go down and sing at a revival, lead worship at a revival. And, uh, you know, we drove about 45 minutes to get to the church, but we decided we ha- we, we're driving separately because we don't want to give even a hint of something going on. That's crazy, but we've got to do it. Not even a hint of greed. Oftentimes, sexual immorality and greed go hand in hand. Paul preached purity in Ephesus. Acts 19 teaches that so many people were converted that it hurt the sale of the Artemis idols, right? And because of the concern of the drop in business, the idol makers, they went after Paul and they started a riot. And he had Bible College, who used to be on staff at a church in Las Vegas. And that church had a ministry to prostitutes and exotic dancers. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what they named it. That'd be, I'd, I'd hate to have been in that staff meeting. What are we going to name this, you know? But uh, uh, they came up with a good name, I'm sure, and they started ministering to the prostitutes on the street and the exotic dancers. And they would encourage them to leave this lifestyle that they had. And the truth is that they were, what they were running into out in Vegas was that most of the prostitutes and most of the exotic dancers wanted to leave that life, but it was hard for them to pull the trigger because it was going to take such a, uh, such a financial sacrifice for them to do that. They would say, I can make more money in one night or in one week. You know, they'd say, I can make more money in, in one night than I can make in a full week working anywhere else. And so, they were more concerned about finances and financial security than they were making the decision to live a life of, of purity for Jesus. Not even a hint, the Bible says, of immorality or impurity or any kind of greed. God has called us to be holy, church. Now, He's not called us to be holier than thou, He's called us to be righteous. Right? To live a holy lifestyle. To be set up so that our light can shine in the dark world. And I would love for people to see East Columbus Christian Church as a place that's distinctive. I would love for this to be a place that stands out in contrast to the darkness of this world. Again, keep this in mind. The standard is not set by the average in culture. The standard is not even a hint. 
Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. I've told you before, I used to work in a factory. I built Great Dane trailers in Brazil, Indiana. I know what a factory workplace can be like. And many of you have that kind of a job now. And you are bombarded every single day with raunchy jokes, crude language. I cannot get over, a lot of you know I officiate basketball games in high school and junior high and some of the language that I hear on a basketball floor coming from middle school students and high school students, not here at this school, I go out into public school, just to clarify, alright, I want you all to know that I'm, you know, uh, it's unbelievable. And here's what can happen. Sometimes when you're in that type of setting, you can become so accustomed to it that before long you find yourself participating in it. Just six months when I worked at Great Dane Trailers, I found myself slipping into laughing at jokes that I had no business laughing at or maybe trying to one-up people with a comment that I thought was hilarious that was just wrong. Verse 4 says, these are out of place for us. We should feel uncomfortable when someone says something raunchy. Now you don't have to act like a prude, right? You don't have to condemn people, but you don't have to participate either. Politely walk away, change the subject, or tell a clean joke. You know? Even if it's not funny. Tell it, right? One more principle before we close. God's standard, so, so He has set the standard, right? And His standard is for is perfection. And He has set the standard for our own good. And I think that's what we fail to realize sometimes as Christians. Again, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. As loving parents, we set standards for our kids. We set guidelines for our kids. We establish these rules, these regulations for the good of our Children, so that they can have the best life that they can possibly be, so that they can be safe, so that they can be successful. We say things like, you know, hey, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't drive too fast, don't stay out too late, nothing good happens after midnight. Anybody else ever hear those things, right? And so a lot of kids, they see these rules as restrictive and they seem negative, but parents establish these standards for our own Good, we want the best possible lifestyle for our children. So we set these standards and we we want our children to follow them. Well, our Heavenly Father has established a set of standards for us. For our own good. Because we are dearly loved children of His. And He wants the most abundant life possible for us. Verse 6 says, don't let the world deceive you with empty words. Don't let the world suck you in because you're going to be deceived. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to get hurt. No one, let no one deceive you with empty words because that's what the world does, right? They, they, they fill you with empty promises and the world never delivers what you're, you're looking for. And so, I want you to think about two phrases. The first It's found in verse 2. And that's live a life of love. Jesus Christ loved us and He gave Himself up for us. The Bible says as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so what the world defines as love is this, this physical indulgence that always ends up in disappointment. But God defines love as 
personal sacrifice. And if you love in that way, then you're always going to be fulfilled. And Jesus demonstrated that for us on Calvary, right? He went to the cross and He laid down His life. And that sacrifice was proof for us. You know, a person that I think gets treated unfairly in the media, in our society, is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, you can say what you want about his football ability. He might not be the best quarterback that ever played in the NFL, but I appreciate his unwavering stance on abortion. I appreciate his unwavering stance on Jesus. I appreciate his unwavering stance on remaining sexually pure until marriage. He's sacrificing the pleasures of this world and is committing himself to God's standard for marriage. He's married now and I can just about... uh, Imagine that his wife is incredibly thankful for, for the fact that he did what he did as, a, as an individual and saved himself for, for her. God's plan for intimacy within the marriage is for our own good. It's not just something that the church is trying to impose a standard on people's lives and say, oh, don't do that. It's for our own good. And it's not just for a moment. It's for a lifetime. God truly has our best interest in mind in everything. Now one final phrase he says is this, and and this is where I encourage us to go shine. Live as children of the light. If we live as children of the light, then we are going to stand out in stark contrast to the rest of the world. Now I'm going to warn you, as you live your life... With your light shining, um, you know, I've, I've told you this before, I can't remember where I heard it, but, but you ever, are you ever outside at night in the dark and you turn a light on, what happens? You attract a lot of bugs, right? And so when you live your life in, in this dark world, letting your light shine, you're going to attract some people that maybe, maybe you don't want, uh, well, I'll just be honest, you might not want to be around them. Right? But God has said it's our job to shine in this dark world. Live as children of the light. Verse 8, for you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Live as children of the light. So let's go shine, church. Allow the, the light to shine in you. Allow the light to expose the dark areas of your life so that you can make sure that those areas are pure. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And some of you might not have that light of life in you today. We want to give you the opportunity to do that. We're going to offer a song of decision. And we teach here that you uh, allow that light of Jesus to come into your life by confessing that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you turn away from the sin that you know in your life. Turn away from that. And you start living your life. You're baptized into Him. And the Bible says when you're baptized into Him, it washes our sins away and He fills us with His Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit allows us to shine and live 
in this dark world. And that's what He wants from us. So if you've not made that decision, we encourage you to make it. If you're watching online today, or if you're, in, you're here in person, and you want to reach out and talk to somebody before you make this decision, just text the word READY to our church connection number, and someone will follow up with you, and we'd love to talk to you about what it means to give your life to Jesus and shine. Maybe you're here today and you've already made that decision, but maybe your maybe your bulb's a little bit dim. You know? Maybe maybe you're still like on a forty watt bulb, and 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 you know there's there's uh, uh, what what are these new lights called? I can't even think. I'm old. What's that? Don't ask you. I don't know. I thought maybe you could help me out. Uh, there you go, LED. They're a lot brighter. I'm a grandpa now. I do those things. I forget. Did it in Sunday school a couple times. Yeah, be an LED light, okay? Not a 40-watt old bulb. All right. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to stand with me. Maybe some of you just need, during this time, you need to pray God, help me to shine in, in, in the world in which I live, the areas in my workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood, in my family. Lord, just help me to, help me to shine. Let's pray together.